Welcome back in another episode, Startups, Sparks and Serendipity. It's Max on this side and uh, hi, Mike. Hey, Max, how are you doing? Very well. It's getting, um, I, I, it's a good sign. I just realized we, I think we started the podcast in, at, in, in the early summer days and now it's uh, getting dark already, which is very weird because we've always talked at the, roughly the same time. Um, and now things have changed already. So we have gone through didn't the we, first. Didn't when we did start we in spring? Again? Or like early spring, actually? It was the very yeah, early days of Corona. I remember that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, like I think April, May. Um, but it was still like I, I think we, we still had a. Uh, we, I still saw the sun when we were talking. So uh, mm, this has okay. changed. And um, it gives me a good <laughs> feeling that we have already passed a couple of. Uh, couple of yearly yearly time phrases so i'm it, it's it's good that we we have come so far i guess <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's 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 a good sign and as as you know me all my shutters are closed so i don't know how it looks outside right now because i'm in my <laughs> performance cave where everything looks the same no matter what time it is but yeah, uh, probably maybe it's dark outside it's it's a good topic because we have um, for for everybody listening we have decided that we will spend a couple of spend spend our time on 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 a couple of diverse topics that we are interested in and maybe some spon spontaneous topics also come up that we haven't really planned. Um, maybe that's interesting when you talk about your performance cave. I liked I like I like that sentence. How is your how does your performance cave look like? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I just coined the term. So I, I think I haven't called it that before. I think I called it a, a cave before. And that's mostly because, as I said, my shutters are usually closed. And I, usually natural light is just distracting. And then especially in the summer, it can get really hot. I do have, I, I, I have bought an AC when it got really hot just so that I could continue to perform. Because if it's too too warm, I can't perform. And sometimes I actually open the windows, especially to just get some fresh air. But yeah, generally everything's closed. I just have the same environment right now, almost every every time of the day. No <laughs> no external no external influence. I can just sit in front of my laptop and forget the time and just talk, send emails, create reports. And then in terms of my other setup, I, I have my laptop. I have my second screen. I have an external keyboard, which I think is really, really helpful. And I also have an mm. external mouse because depending on what you're doing, the, the trackpad just doesn't cut it for me. Mm, and yeah, I think that's mostly it. I, I, I don't have the most organized room ever, which, <laughs> actually, which actually, like to be honest, it's very chaotic usually. But the, the thing that's always clear and clean is my desk. And the the rest is a bit a bit messier. What what is it for you? Like, can you work everywhere? Do you have your own performance cave? Uh, how do you work? Ah, it's it's a good question. I've um, I don't have my performance cave. I I'm, I think I'm very similar to you when it comes to my desk. Um, it's usually quite clean, and uh, the more stuff is on my desk, the 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 less focused I can be for whatever reason. Um, and some people are very different, right? If you think about lawyers, they have a million different papers on their table and apparently they are so used to that that they can still work with it. So that's, I think, the interesting opposite. Um, for me personally, I don't really have, a let's say, an equipment setup that I'm working with. Uh, I, I, I am super interested in 
more comfortable chairs that are also very healthy for my back. But I've also substituted it with a standing desk at the office. So that has kind of helped me be a little more health oriented when it comes to working and standing and, uh, and, and balancing both, both parts of it. Um, However, one thing that I've, I've realized over the last months traveling between Switzerland and Germany more often is that I'm very productive in the train, which is uh, something that yeah, I've realized. Yeah, train rides are amazing. If the, if the Wi-Fi works, then train rides are some of my most productive hours. Agree, agree. There's no distraction. I put my headphones on. I have some sort of focus concentration music that you can find on every channel out there. Um, and uh, it, it, I, I just like the feeling of driving and while, while working. So maybe if, if there's a startup that can give me a feeling of driving while working, please get in touch. Uh, if that's through VR or through any kind of uh, experimental uh, feeling, I'm happy to try that as long as it's not drugs. But uh, uh, it would be cool to test it out. So, so uh, outside, let's assume Corona wouldn't happen. Would you prefer to fly or to take the train? Uh, train, actually. So I, 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 I can, I make it. You could, could still substitute now, but like in Germany, Switzerland, you can, you can fly uh, between the different cities. So uh, I could do that, but I, I prefer to go by train because I, yeah, it, it's like four, five hours of of working in a very silent state. Nobody is can just distract me. I can't even accept calls, even though the Wi-Fi is as like it actually is quite good now. So nowadays, so I, you could have calls. I had a different calls on on the train, but um, it's just very focused time, which I love. Yeah, if if the train is on time and nothing mm. major, like if there's no major distraction or anything, then train rides are amazing, and I prefer them over flights. 10x because for flights you have to get to the airport then you have to wait at the gate then you do like especially and i'm talking about sh like short distance flights now like within either the same coast in the us or even the same coast is too far let's say in the same country in germany or even like germany switzerland or from la to sf i've done that trip a lot if there was a reliable train that i could use to get from la to sf i would use it but there is none and <laughs> this kind of transportation is very bad. I mean, there is a train, but I just don't like it. I think it's very bad. But yeah, here, uh, when I have to, like in Germany, like where where both of us are from, if we go or if I go from Berlin to Cologne, which I've like, I had this this journey like so many times back in the day, I almost always took the train, even though flying was cheaper fairly often, yeah. just because I, it, it's just such a hassle. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, train has lots of advantages, I think, especially when uh, it just comes to doing some focus work. I've talked to different people. Um, I remember the founder of the Coach University, which is um, based in Berlin. He, what he always did, and he mentioned it in, in my first podcast, was that he kind of has a to-do list where he has one specific area where he lists all the to-dos that are particularly made for the train ride so everything that can be done without the internet everything that might be a bit more creative he listed all the to-dos and then prioritized them as soon as he went on the train which i thought was quite an interesting exercise i've never like I've, I've tried it but it doesn't really work for me because i i i, I prioritize at the beginning of the day and it, it doesn't really depend on where i am but um it's something that he did at least yeah i i have my my train tasks as well especially in the days where i was I had two six-hour train rides every week because I was commuting. Mm. 
I I had specific tasks that would have just worked on only from the train, mostly mm. just proofreading things, writing things. So nothing where I had to Google too much because the, the Wi-Fi, especially back then, wasn't too reliable. And then one additional thing about travel and productivity, one thing I really, really love is long distance flights and just having mm. my notebook and just usually when, I, when I'm on long distance flights, I use it to reflect. And even if there's a possibility to buy in, uh, internet access, I usually don't do it. I just totally focus on just the questions I've designed or crafted up front. And then usually listening to some good music. And cool. it always works for six to eight hours and then I'm getting really bored. <laughs> I was just about to ask that. Like, when, when do you get bored? Because, but of course, it also depends on the questions. But a question to that, notebook, uh, pen and paper or notebook, digital? Uh, actually, a physical pen and paper when I'm and it's, I just really like it because I can draw easily and just, just not using a digital uh, medium is, is helpful from time to time, especially for this kind of thing when I'm doing it. And the thing is, mostly when I'm on long distance flight, I'm also tired. So after eight hours, I'm just getting really tired. I think if I had more energy, I could just continue doing it. Mm. But yeah, usually, I don't know, my flights are either way too early in the morning or like sometimes at night. And then I, I didn't prepare properly. Like one of my co-founders, he's so strict about, okay, I fly to LA from Europe next week, like oh, in 10 days. And then he has this app that he uses that automates his schedule until then where he takes melatonin at the right time and only uses daylight <laughs> at the right time and then uses artificial daylight so he basically has this whole plan of transitioning and then he's always super fit when we arrive and then my other co-founder and i we are not doing that we sometimes try to adapt our sleep rhythm but it almost never works so like the first two like we are super hyper productive until we fly and then the first two days is usually uh, a bit worse for us Maybe that's that's more relevant when you Do fly you to the, say, maybe that's more relevant when you fly to to the west coast um, because like I, I think the founder of Starman told me that um, when he flies to the east coast that the flight to New York I think is in in the afternoon so he there there was some magic behind it but I I remember that when he when he flies back I think he flies in the evening so he is better. Like he actually has the kind of sleeping rhythm when he comes home. Yeah, I, I, I've, I have no problem with East Coast. East Coast is always very easy for me. But yeah, yeah West Coast is more of a problem. And then I, I don't remember right now, but I do, I do struggle with one way more than the other. I don't mm. know if I struggle more with flying to the, to the West Coast or when I'm getting back. But I don't know. I, I have to look that up. I probably wrote it down somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a, a good topic to uh, to also transition to one thing that we have we we wanted to talk about, which was more in the direction of how can you manage to be performing on 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 your best level, but also manage life and everything that surrounds work and and performance. Mm. And um, yeah, I wonder kind of maybe how how do you Mike how how can you find the balance between both of them? And I don't like the word balance because sometimes it's very much integrated into each other, but how do you manage both of it um, in, a, in a good way? Yeah, it's really tough, I think. The, the problem is there's two problems. One, there's only 25, 24 hours in the day. So by definition, you have to choose, right? And then both of us usually work a lot. 
I think a lot of it, and the second problem is just that there's so many things that you could do, right? There is work, there's your own health, there is maybe a hobby or side projects, there's your family, there's your friends, potentially there's a relationship or something. Uh, so there's just a lot of things to choose from. And I think it's very tough to have everything. And there is something where you need to basically cut down some hours, right? And I think one of the most important things that I've noticed is just being organized. Mm -hmm. the, the better my organization skills become and the more streamlined my processes are, the better everything works. And I can give you, I can give you a couple of examples. So especially in the early days of my, my current startup, I, did, I literally did not have a private life. It just didn't exist. I think at, back at that point, I didn't really want it as well, but it didn't exist. I didn't answer anyone on WhatsApp, like maybe my, like my parents every two weeks or something like that. And we were just working like every, every day, every night. And that's obviously not sustainable forever. And one thing that I've actually done recently, which is really like a, a really big improvement. So I had a 102 unread WhatsApp messages and some of them were actually really old. <laughs> some of them, some of them were like, way older than I would care to admit. And I've, I've literally answered some people in the meantime, but sometimes the problem is I get a WhatsApp message. I think, okay, there's a message I will answer later in the day, but then I get like 10 or 12 messages in between, maybe with more urgent things. And, or mm. just, I don't know, from my brother who asked me something, we usually answer like immediately. And then the other message that I haven't answered, like it kind of slips my mind because I don't see it anymore, right? Because you only see a certain mm. number of messages. And then at some point, I just got so used to having like 98 or 110 unread WhatsApp messages <laughs> that I also didn't scroll down. So what I did like two weekends ago or so was I actually use my email, like inbox zero system, and I've applied it to my WhatsApp. So now what I've done is first, I've archived all my WhatsApp chats, everything. Then I looked through all my unread messages and replied to some, didn't reply to others because it uh, didn't make sense anymore. And I literally, <laughs> I had a couple of people who I actually really, really like. And um, like I, I answered them like nine months after they, <laughs> after they sent me the message. And they were like, whoa, you're still alive. But yeah, and now what I, what I have is I archive every single chat after I actually answer the chat. So everything that's in my WhatsApp right now is something that I still have to answer to. And that's a major improvement. I, it feels way, way, way better. And I, I've kind of gone on something of a tangent here. So getting back, uh, I think it's about organization. It's about process optimization. And then it's also about priorities. And I think that's, I have a lot more to say, but I think I would, I would like to hear your thoughts first. And then I can elaborate on, on what I think uh, you have to do to kind of get it done. But yeah, how, how are you dealing with it? Are you, are you a perfect friend and family member and performer? No, no, absolutely not. There's a lot, lots to improve. Uh, of course, it's still a journey and I think it will always be a journey. But um, I've, I, starting off what I've heard uh, once, which kind of kept in my mind is that, that um, which very much fits into what you just said. You need to cut some hours on certain things. But the, 
the quote was more or less, you can only be excellent at two things in life and the rest is good, but it's not going to be excellent. And that's kind of, a, and it's super simple, but it kind of gave me a direction of, okay, I might need to focus on a couple of themes where I want to be excellent in. And there might be others where um, I, might, I can be good in. I don't need to be a bad person in that kind of environment, but I need to find my priorities. And uh, there are different priorities that, of course, that are always very personal and you have to set them for yourself. But that helped me at least understand how I, need, how I can better spend my time. And in addition to that, what, what really helped me is uh, planning ahead. So uh, I actually brought up a quote by, by Nia Yal, who wrote the book Hooked, uh, but also Indistractable. Uh, everybody in the product world probably knows him. And, and he said on my podcast, which I found quite interesting, I think I also posted it back then on Instagram when I was still a bit more active. <laughs> um, and he said, the antidote of impulsiveness is planning ahead. So um, I like that because the antidote of, of impulsiveness, he meant that um, impulsiveness is more or less a bad, uh, or gives you a bad reaction on certain things. For example, that... Um, Instead of eating sugar on Wednesday evening, if you plan ahead already what you want to eat on Wednesday evening, the chances are much lower that you're going to eat sugar. And uh, the antidote out of impulsiveness planning ahead, I think really summarizes what since then I've also thought about much more is that I sit down on Sunday evening and I plan ahead the week, but I also plan in private life. So when do I spend some time with my girlfriend? When do I try to catch up with my grandparents? When should I try to catch up with my parents? When do I do sports? Of course, it's not perfect, um, but it at least gives me a direction of how I start the week, but also how I execute during the week. And um, mm. it has, for me, been a, a big game changer when it comes to managing both performance at work, but also not forgetting about other things that are important to me. Um, and uh, I think that that is really, the, the, I think, the key theme that has worked for me, at least so far. And this means, in very concrete terms, scheduling certain blockers. So what I do sometimes is, okay, Tuesday evening at 8.30 p.m., I want to call my grandparents or my grandpa or whatever, since I haven't done that for four weeks. And that gives me a Yeah, Max, you should, you should call your grandpa more often. I can tell you that. Right, right I'm aware. I'm, I'm aware. Um, it's, it's, it's something that, that, that I care about. And, of course, it, do I Do you think I he's still awake day. when we are finished? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Okay, then you should call him right after this uh, session is over. Let's do it. It's I will, a, it's I will hold idea. you accountable. <laughs> there we go. So that's that's also another part. If you there are certain things in life where you have to have an accountability partner, and maybe especially in sports, it makes sense. Um, so uh, that has been super helpful for me, to be honest. And, and there's not much magic around it, but planning ahead, I think, mm. really gives myself a good direction of what I want to do and how I can balance it. Yeah, I think planning that in and just treating it as an item on either the to-do list or the calendar is crucial. And mm. I have friends, especially friends from my childhood or that I went to high school with that are always a bit confused when like, we talk about like how, how we deal with specific things and that I literally have them on my calendar when we meet like they, they 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 sometimes are a bit i mean the people who know me well just know that this is how i operate but especially when they hear it for the first time i heard it from the first time some were actually insulted 
a bit that I like would put the call with them or the meeting with them on the calendar and treat them as a business site, but that's not really how I see it. I just see it as things that are on my calendar are true. And I would forget many, many things if they're not on my calendar or on my to-do list. And then 100%. one thing that I've done is I've also done like a private blocker on, on a couple of days where it's just like half an hour or something. And then I go into my, my to-do list, look at the, the private items that are in there. And then I just get, it's, it's insane how much you can get done in 30 minutes of focused private work. Mm. Buy that present, schedule that doctor's appointment, I don't know, answer that email from that <laughs> whatever agency that was annoying you for something. Oh, email. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm way too optimistic. Not email. Letter. Answer the letter. <laughs> and, <laughs> one, one, thing, one thing that I'm struggling with a bit, and I would love to hear how you think about it, is keeping in touch with friends. And I mean... With family and relationship, that's that's one thing, and especially good relationship just requires like some level of interaction, right? With friendships, it's a mm. bit different. Um, I, I sometimes don't see people for six months, and maybe we had one call in between, or, or we haven't, and it it feels exactly as the last time we saw each other. But still, like mm. you you want to keep at least, like, I mean, you want to keep up with your friends, etc. So I, I have two two questions. One how do you actually ensure that you make enough time for your social life in that regard? And the, the second question I can wait with until you've answered that one. I mean, I have difficulties with it. So um, it's, it's not do you, very Do you easy. have friends, Max? Uh, I need to count them, but uh, I need to look at my, my, my Instagram feed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> how many likes you get? Or how, uh, how that, you right, right. Who, who liked me the most okay. and most often. You get, um, you get my likes. <laughs> right. If so I... That, if I if I'm ever on Instagram and I right. I, I, I see see something of yours by any chance, I, uh, you, yeah, you, you I, like. I haven't posted enough. Maybe that's why my. Uh, that's why you friends, don't have enough friends. Right, number of friends decreased um, since then. So uh, okay, I, I have to I have to actually comment on that because I got the complaint from some of like my like friends, not not my very best friends, but like still good friends, that I don't post on Instagram like enough, like especially not any stories. And because I don't post any stories, they don't know what I'm doing and whether I'm still alive, et cetera, mm. et cetera. So I think to active, I think that's actually a good strategy. Just post some stories from time to time, just so that other people are aware that you still exist, right? Because you only have a set limit of people you can think of. But if you see stories of someone regularly, I think that's probably a good strategy of at least being in the in the minds of others but yeah i'm not it's, really doing it, it. it's it's uh, very true and in during the times i um i had more interactions on social media channels uh, i actually had more kind of the more more contact with people that i irregularly talk to usually because um it was people that maybe i talked to once a year or once mm -hmm. every 16 months um, and because I posted more, they have reached out more often and said, hey, super cool, let's chat again. And it mm. was based on their initiative. But the issue, and I loved it because I think I, I, I am, I'm also a people person. I like social interactions. But the, the issue that I saw is that um, it also brings a lot of complexity trying to cover all the different inquiries that you have from people that you actually care about, from your intrinsic motivation. You care about them, you like them. 
but you can't just handle everything. And I had the feeling that, especially when my social media um, uh, kind of uh, uh, posting increased, the complexity of keeping up with everybody and, and doing calls at night just to have somebody, just to get somebody up to speed again on what they're up to, what I'm up to, was quite annoying over time. So that's the reason why I also reduced the amount mm. of content I produce, at least on channels like Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, um, because I just felt the complexity is too high. And I now rather take a more intuitive approach to when I think about a person, I list them on a to-do list of people I want to talk to again. And then I try to reach out when I feel there's the right timing for it. Yeah. I, I, I just have way too many people in my life that I really like and appreciate mm. and would like to talk yeah. to regularly. But there's just like 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 we said, it's just not that much time. And I, I definitely have like a, a high number of people that I should talk to more often. But maybe like my my follow up question. I have actually I think that's a very interesting topic because it's one of the topics many people don't really like to talk about that openly, right? Mm. Uh, at least I think it's it's not really that well reported. So one thing I would like to to know is how many people outside of work like no no customer calls no, nothing like that how many people are you interacting with on a daily basis like on average do you have any kind of idea the work doesn't count because if work counted there would be there would be like kind of cheating i would say it's it's between five and ten um mm -hmm. five to ten interactions probably with different people yeah. um but that's the most i think if it gets more than 10 i feel distracted Okay. Do what's like do WhatsApp chats count? Yeah. Okay. Got it. How, yeah, because I think that's one of you? my problems. That's that's definitely one of my problems because I'm I'm looking into my WhatsApp right now, and I've archived everything as as I just said. I have my new strategy, and I currently have twenty four conversations in here that I <laughs> still need to answer at some point. And yeah, it's just one of the problems. One of the problems of, <laughs> I actually talked about that with a, a very good friend of mine who, who has a, an even worse private uh, texting situation than I do. And uh, <laughs> one thing that we agreed upon is one of the problems about answering everyone and like answering quickly is that the other people usually answer you as well. So you're actually increasing the problem if you if you are quick uh which is a bit counterintuitive okay which, yeah, which, which is which is which is also um interesting because i think when i remember what the ar wrote in indestructible and i might be confusing the author now if it was somebody else um he mentioned that you should always question about answering somebody which i thought was insane um and i disagreed because i think uh, if somebody sends you a message on whatsapp and if it's a person that you care about, why shouldn't you write him or her back? Um, there's no reason to 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 just ignore people. Um, yeah, but I think I think there's at some point of busyness or at some point of like your life. I, I don't think that we're quite there yet, but I think at some point it's just not possible anymore, right? If if I just look at how many DMs yeah. I get on Twitter plus WhatsApp messages plus email plus then like Facebook or people calling or like then people I meet in in person. I, I think at some point it's just not feasible to answer everyone in a timely manner or answer at all. And I don't really, and that's something I'm struggling with because for the people I care about, I obviously always answer them. Right. Yeah. That's have, what like, I mean. Right. Yeah. You have second tier people, you have third tier people, where's the boundary, like, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm. 
and then one other question that I had that came up in a in a conversation that I had with a couple of other founders, I think last week. How many people you interact with on a daily or like regularly, not not on a daily basis, just how many people you interact with are work friends. So in our case, like startups slash tech friends, like people mm. who are like roughly in the same industry and who you like who you could like count as okay, I'm networking. Even if it's like between us, like theoretically, I could just say, okay, like Max and I, we're we're doing this thing. It, it like kind of goes into like career stuff, like kind of doesn't, but you know what I mean? And then you mm. have your, I don't know, friends from like back home who do something like super different, who are not at all in your area. Like, do you have a ratio of that? Uh, no, not at all. Um... I mean, my assumption would be it's probably like 70, 30, 70, it's business, 30%, it's more kind of the friends from, from back home, more or less. but mm. that can vary of like, depending on the where I am, whether I'm in, in Switzerland, whether I'm in Germany, it really depends. Like, yeah. um, also that, that's what I mentioned about, like, I think for me, geography also reminds me of people I want to meet when I'm in yeah. Munich, I think about certain people and say, Hey, who, who's going to be in Munich when I'm in Cologne, somebody, there might be other people popping up in my head and ge geography really helps me to at least try to get a hold of people in, in different ways. Yeah. Geography is also a great excuse. If you are in like Bali yeah, or course. whatever, you can always say, Oh, the time zone doesn't really match. And then of course, <laughs> I'm, of course, I, my connection is really bad. I, I, yeah, I, no, I, okay, to, to, I think to close it off, it, Oh yeah. Do you activate uh, like do you have notifications on for for specific channels that that you're that you really want to have activated? No. Hell no. Hell no. I I don't know how people can survive with their notifications on. It's mm, so distracting. The only thing that's actually coming through is phone calls. And then only phone calls for specific applications, so I don't let every phone call through. And then I get notifications for my calendar events because I, I just want to know that something something is happening. And then I have notification reminders for my meditation app. And that's oh, it. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, like I, 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 I really, I have, I've done this for years and I really don't understand how people can operate when WhatsApp and email and everything is just constantly paying their phone and sometimes their desktops. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, my Slack notifications are off. I just, I just can't work if I'm constantly being like pinged. I I see it when when someone writes me like in the taskbar below, but I, I don't have them pop off uh, pop up as as big messages on my screen. Mm, yeah, I, I think yeah. it's just way too distracting. Same here. I think we have very similar routines. Then. Yeah. Actually, what we did at uh, at Starmind is what what we started, which I thought was quite cool, and we can share that in the show notes. Is um, that a certain set of employees, they created a how to work with me paper. So it's like a, a user manual of how you want to work with people. And it, it got the, the, the feedback was great because people can really estimate how can you reach certain people when it's urgent? How can you reach certain people when it needs to be more detailed? And you just find different ways of how you also approach people and what people like and what people dislike. And there was a great um, user manual published by Iskander Dirik, which is a Berlin... Uh, entrepreneur co-founded different startups and now i think he leads the samsung 
uh, venture capital for, uh, fund um, after he, I think he led the, the Microsoft for startups ecosystem and then he moved to Samsung. Mm -hmm. But before that, he founded different startups and made them successful. And he published a leadership user manual that he shares with his employees and his teams. And we might want to put, put that in the show notes for people that are interested in creating a user manual for themselves that they want to share within their startup or within the company that they're working for. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those. They, they can be very, very helpful. One other hack that I found, which is extremely, extremely helpful, is transitioning to a different chat app with the most important people. So, for example, mm. you and your girlfriend, if you just have your own messaging app that you only use for her and maybe like for two of your best friends or whatever, that okay, can be a game changer. Hmm? I think we talked about that kind of four months ago. Uh, like on the podcast or? No, yeah, either privately or on the podcast. Can yeah, be. it's because I have that with my girlfriend. Actually, we have a different channel. <laughs> ah, did you have that back then, or was I the inspiration? Yeah, no, I have that for uh, probably one and a half years now. Okay, yeah, it's it's so helpful, right? Yeah, but don't and publish it the here. thing is, you oh, can't otherwise... you can't tell. Sorry. Uh, don't publish it here, otherwise everybody's going to write you on that new channel. <laughs> that, that's what I wanted to say. I won't tell anyone what it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 great. Like just having that with some of the closest people is is really really cool, and I just agree. kind of I don't know. It just creates it, it creates a good atmosphere. So everyone, if you want good relationship advice, listen to Max. Uh, he's doing it the right way. <laughs> and, Apparently. Apparently. Uh, yeah. Do you want to do you want to transition into yeah. recommendations? I think we had Absolutely. a couple of other topics we wanted to talk about, but kind of got, it got out of hand as always with us. Uh, so. Absolutely. Before we, before we do that, maybe Mike, uh, you can give yeah. us a little um, outlook on on also what we've planned before we dive deep into the last five minutes on Ooh, what's coming yeah, up. Yeah, we have some we have some really cool things in the pipeline, I think. On the one hand, we will do a special episode on how to meet great people and how to build your network, how to use it and leverage it. So I think that's something that uh, we got requests for and something that Max and I are very conscious about. And we just both, as Max, uh, Max referenced earlier, we are people, we are people, people. I don't know if people, people exists, but I'm definitely a people person. You're a people person. So we are people, people now. And <laughs> so I think it's, it can be very, very helpful. And it's just a lot of fun to meet great and interesting people. So we will talk about that. We will talk about how to nurture your network, even in times like this. And we also have a couple of great guests in the pipeline. You gave us very good feedback on the guest episodes. So we are listening to that. And we have some really cool people in the pipeline. And it's a very diverse set of people. So it's not only people from the startup scene, it's or like the business scene, it's very broad. And you will be surprised by some of them. And I'm very happy. I'm actually super excited about especially some of the non-business people, mm. just because they, they have some very interesting things to share, I think. I agree. I agree. So thanks for, for sharing that. I think the outlook is quite important for people that are potentially also coming in uh, on, on different pathways or in a new way. So um, it's kind of our mission to bring in interesting people from all different backgrounds since it's not just about startups, but it's also about sparks and serendipitous moments. So that's important to us. But maybe to jump into the book recommendation, tell us more. What is on your mind? Have you read something that is quite fascinating for people? 
Yeah, I, I have actually read a lot of blog articles in the last couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm also reading books right now, but haven't finished any that I would like to mention right now. I think I do have one or two candidates that are like, could be very far up my favorite list if I, if I finish them, but I want to do that first. But yeah, I read a lot of blog articles and there's one really great one that I've actually read before, but reread recently. And it's actually a transcript of a speech and the speech is called You and Your Research. It's from Richard W. Hemming. And he held the speech in a seminar at Bell Communications Research. For, for some of you who know the history of computers, you know that Bell had a major part in it. And there were some really smart people working there. And it's just a very interesting speech. Even if you're not a researcher, there are some very interesting quotes in there, some very interesting just methodologies, and it's just a very good speech. If you like to watch things and you don't like to read, or if you just want something to follow along while you're doing something else, there is a YouTube version of the speech. So you can also just Google you and your research and then you will find it. But there's also a lot of like written transcript. It's a, it's a fairly famous speech, especially in like a, a specific niche. And yeah, it's a really good one. So I would recommend everyone to either read the transcript or listen to the speech because I think it will definitely help you. Cool. We're going to put it in the show notes, right? Yes, we got to put it in the show notes. Everything's in the show notes. The thing is we sometimes forget to put stuff in the show notes and then we put it in the show notes. But this time we put it in the show notes preemptively. I don't know if we will cut that out. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. You will see or you will, you will hear. But yeah, any, anything to, to say? I, uh, oh, yeah, we wanted to shout out. Uh, shout out to our boy Parker. Parker with his company um, is helping us to actually cut the episodes, to produce the episodes. He's a very helpful and uh, just like cool guy to work with. And he's also providing additional input. It's not that he's just doing the audio. He's, he's providing very helpful input to all the episodes. So Parker, you're the man. And yeah, makes anything to add. No, Parker, Parker's uh, super talented, uh, great guy to work with. I can totally agree with him. American living in Europe, so I think uh, also quite uh, interesting what he can share about his experience now as an American. Maybe we bring him on sometime and we'll find some ways to experience his, uh, his experience here. But uh, one, one, um, yeah, one thing that I want to mention is there's a great um, video that I've explored. I think it's already some time back, but we haven't really talked about this. It's by... Um, by on, on YouTube um, by the author three blue one ground series so that's how it's called three blue one ground um, mm -hmm. and the video is called but what is a neural network uh, and mm. it's about understanding neural networks and how deep learning works and it's not technical but it's also not something that you can run on the side and do something else so you really need to focus you really need to listen but it he it's a it's uh, it's a person that i think he's still quite young he's like in the early 20s or mid 20s but he has i think he has studied physics as an examiner but he's really deep dived into different topics and tried to understand them in very sophisticated ways and i found it very interesting because it's it's very different from the typical kind of deep learning introduction videos you see from different professors um and I can definitely recommend watching it. We put it in the show notes as well. So it might yeah. be interesting for you. I've seen the shared around and gotten some very 
good compliments by some of the deep learning researchers that I know. So apparently yeah. it's a very good video. I, I, I've also watched it at some point, but I don't remember like that much. <laughs> but mm. I, I know that I, I think I liked it. And I, I definitely know that it was shared around quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think it has yeah, 7.6 million views. So it's, oh, it's so crazy. Okay. It got quite big. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's, then that's it for my side. And uh, you have a quote? I do have a quote as always. Okay. Like before we go into the quote and end the episode, thanks uh, to you all for listening. Uh, this was more of a rambling episode, which some of you actually said they really like. So uh, we, we try to please you from time to time. Sometimes we just do what we want, but sometimes we don't. And today was a good mix. And yeah, I, I think the next episodes will be some really cool ones. So feel free to tune in. Don't forget to subscribe as uh, you, as, as many YouTubers actually say. So that's a good bridge. And sure. yeah, the quote it's, is... you, you, for everyone listening, it's Mike's prime time. It's uh, 9 p.m. and that's his absolute prime time. So that's the reason why he's super creative and funny at the same time. <laughs> it just starts. Uh, yeah, it just starts. Like the evening, the evening is my, my kind of time. In my performance <laughs> cave, like the evenings, that's, that's when the performance cave peaks. Yeah, I realize that. Yeah, no, mornings, mornings are not my, my kind of thing. Okay, um, I, I, it's actually a good transition because the quote I have is a quote that's used in the military and they, by default, uh, have to like the morning because they have to get up very early. That's one of the reasons why I couldn't be in the military, I think, just because you're sleep deprived <laughs> all the time. And I'm very confident about my, I think we talked about that so many times, but Max and I are both very confident about our performances when we have enough sleep, but both of us are like much less confident if we are sleep deprived, especially over a longer time frame. So yeah, yeah shout out shout out to everyone who can still perform with very little sleep for a long time. It's not me. But yeah. So the the adage, uh, the military adage actually there's a couple of versions of it, but the one I like a lot is proper prior planning and preparation prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> and basically basically what it says is you should plan ahead and you should plan ahead with all the information I, I think it just says plan well and you will perform well and i think we talked about that before preparation is still undervalued in so many different areas and yeah. if you prepare well you can do so many things so much better and i repeat it because it uh, it's <laughs> i like it a lot and it's seven piece, I think. Is it seven or eight? Proper prior planning and preparation prevents piss poor performance. It's eight piece, actually. Eight piece. Okay, that you can remember that. Yeah, so I think there's should... there's multiple versions of it. I think there's a version with seven piece, eight piece, twelve piece. So there's there's a lot of piece in the military apparently. <laughs> when 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 they had too much time, they came up with uh, crazy piece sentences. <laughs> Yeah, or when they were sleep deprived so that they could actually oh, yeah. remember it because their That's brain true. wasn't functioning anymore. <laughs> no, but thanks for sharing it. I've never heard of it. It sounds like a, a Jocko Willink uh, quote, but yeah. yeah. He probably has heard of it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, Mike. I really enjoyed it. Uh, as you mentioned, we rambled around a little bit, but I think it was still a good episode. Thanks for, for listening in and um, we'll see each other next time. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one, Max.